Amen. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to soak while you talk. In the glory. <laughs> Just thank you, Heavenly Father, for overwhelming our minds with your peace, with a supernatural state of being. Naturally supernatural. Effortlessly spiritual. Easily delivered. Easy deliverance. Remember the curse in the Old Testament? Difficult deliverance. The Lord says in the New Covenant, easy deliverance. Of childbirth, but also deliverance from sins. Whatever's getting delivered out of you, it's going to be easy in the glory. Amen? A hard life full of strife is not God's plan for your life. He says, my yoke, if you're yoked to me, is easy. You know, it takes a human being to make it hard. And then we boast about how hard we make it. <laughs> Let's have a joy break. This last season was a season of baptism and immersion into Ruth Heflin's ministry. And one thing Sister Ruth said was that when you take the Selah after a revelation, it's not a time to be silent and still. It's actually for ascension. It's for a higher elevation. It's because you just put rocket fuel in your spirit and you're going up out of the earth into the heavens. Some of you are going to make a decision tonight to not be earthly, to be heavenly. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 3, I am from above, or he said, you must be a born, born from above. You've been born of woman on the earth. Now you must be born of the spirit and the spirit's water in the heavenlies. Have you been born in the heavenlies? Have you been born? You can't be born again on earth, guys. You can be born again in the heavens and then get bewitched by demons to go live an earthly life. You know, you need to be accustomed to being surrounded by angels, living creatures, and 24 elders all the time. It's the greatest accountability for your soul's decisions in life. When you're in the heavenly realm, you are accountable to every thought in your heart. And it will break you. And God will use you in your imperfections because you still have a body full of human DNA from down below 
and it's God's great glory that he manifests through our bodies while we're imperfect. You realize that's what glorifies the Lamb. Now we're growing and we're, no one continues sinning who loves Jesus, 1 John says. But the inadequacies prove that the blood of Jesus works. That the glory, the perfect holy glory, can get itself through imperfect vessels is the testimony of the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus persuade your mind to release glory through your belly all the time. And faces that shine on the new wine all the time. 24-7 in the wine, in the cup, in the covenant, in the joy of salvation, in the cup of salvation. Rejoice always. How can I rejoice always? How can I give thanks in everything? The Bible says, only by drinking. You realize, you, you decide if you're a thinker or a drinker. Jesus Christ said in the Bible that in order to be saved, you had to drink him. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink it. So exactly word for word what the Bible says. Drink it. Drink the blood of Jesus, the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all know? The Holy Spirit is the transfigured blood of Jesus. Jesus sent his living blood in his living spirit into our hearts and saved us by his blood. And his blood is increasing in you. And his blood is increasing in me. And the blood of Jesus is rising in this place. And what happens when your cup overflows? The angel of death passes under. It's not Passover. Passover is fulfilled from now on. It passes under your feet. Satan, the death spirit, is under your feet when you're in the blood of Jesus. Not theoretically, not intellectually, not through study and argument and debate, not from just reading a book, but from experiencing the spirit of glory, which is the blood of Jesus inside your very brains. The Passover blood went over the doorpost in Egypt. How many of y'all know Egypt represents in prophetics the earth? You got a body in Egypt. You got a spirit in Zion. Our job is to take our spirit in Zion and flood the realm of the dead, the realm of Egypt. How can you do it? A mind that's fully persuaded by the Passover lamb. This is the doorpost. Your forehead. Just say, my forehead is the doorpost. My forehead is the doorpost. Come on. It's true. Lift up you heads, you ancient gates, that the King of Glory may come out. Let the King of Glory out of you. As soon as you stop looking at yourself, you start to experience Him. Only two trees in the garden, y'all. You and Jesus. 
and Jesus is going to take over you. John the Baptist said, he must increase. And how many of y'all know John the Baptist decreased? Got his head chopped off. That's about as decreased as it gets. Amen. Representing the termination of the Old Covenant. Jesus Christ said, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than the greatest prophet of the Old Testament that Jesus Christ said was John the Baptist. Does that mean you're greater than John the Baptist? Jesus said that. Just say, I'm greater than John the Baptist. I believe you because Jesus said it. It's in the Word. I'm greater than John the Baptist. You can all say, next time you pray, and you're around a family gathering or a holiday, and they know you're the spiritual one, and they say, oh, sister, brother, oh, nephew, cousin, would you lead us in prayer before tonight's meal? And you say, I shall, because I'm greater than John the Baptist. Amen. And you just show them in the Bible where it says that. And watch them weep and gnash their teeth. Listen, Mom. I'll talk to you if you admit that I'm greater than John the Baptist. <laughs> I'm praying for you, honey. I'm praying for you. They got you all messed up. You know, Revelation will mess you up. Revelation gets your spirit saved so you're loosed on the inside from all external influence of the world, sin and demons. Revelation saves your spirit and your soul. Revelation saves your spirit and your soul. Now wisdom saves your mind and your body. It's true. Revelation saves your spirit and soul. Your inner man is your spirit and your soul. Wisdom, wisdom, which is the practical application of revelation, saves your mind. Your mind gets saved by wisdom. That's why you can have revelation and still just be a mess outwardly. I mean, my God. I've seen some people they're practically on dialysis. I mean, I don't even understand how a, a mummified state of an outer man can have the continuous encounters that some of these people with great revelation, the prophets, have had awesome revelation. We need all the revelation of the prophets, but we need the wisdom of the Son of God. Without the wisdom of the Son, the outer man is just as lost as before Christ. And so we're going to grow in wisdom, we're going to grow in revelation, we're going to get our inside saved and more saved. We're going to get our outside saved and more saved. The waters of life will rise inside you and outside you. You bring the flood and it's a flood of revelation. It's a flood of glory. It's a flood of wisdom. It's a flood of light. It's a flood of heaven on earth. 
heaven on earth, Jesus Christ said, was going to come in liquid form. That's what Gideon's 300 is all about. A people that are liquefied. You know what it means to bring the living water in the days of Noah? To bring the floods of Noah? To bring the righteousness of God the Father's presence on earth in liquid form? It means the brain can never control it or contain it. If the brain can control it, if the brain can contain it, it's not God. It's religion. It's Satan. If the spirit is free, it's for freedom. I've set you free. And the liquid is flowing. The spirit is flowing. The volcano is erupting. You can't dam up lava. It just melts the walls. You try to stop fire, liquid fire, rivers of fire, it will burn through anything you put in front of it. And God has put all the nations in front of it. God has put your flesh and brain in front of it. God has put your consciousness of self. He has put your sin in front of it. He's got plans for your sin. Anyone that says they're without sin makes God to be a liar, the Bible says. Which means God has put your sins and marked them for judgment. He's not angry about it. He's happy. It's a joyful experience to go from glory to glory. New dimension, new elevation, new ability, new wisdom, new revelation, new heights, new stature, new strength, new power, new authority, new dominion, new wisdom, levels of honor. You know, the honor that you're going to grow in in the Lamb of God as overcomer is going to be the honor of the heavenly Sanhedrin amongst being with light beings in the cloud of glory who are all wearing crowns of glory and living in the golden glory. And there's an honor amongst the overcomers. There's an honor in understanding what it took to overcome sin, Satan, and the world in your senses because the senses are what absorb the world to fight the spirit to fight your faith the world tries to overwhelm you and keep you down through words and through circumstances we're going to get into Colossians 1 in a little bit but we're in the Amplified Classic we're going to go over to Isaiah 60 because the Spirit just illuminated it right now. This is a verse for your spirit to overcome anything. When you overcome, when you have victory in, in an area of life as an overcomer, you've conquered something with the Word of God. They overcame and conquered, which means the key mystery to newer, higher elevations is the word of your testimony. Revelation 1, John is on Patmos because of his word of his testimony, which is clinging to the living word of grace that is causing him to live in supernatural glory superseding the natural realm in a different government that made Rome extremely angry to try to kill him all the time. is because he couldn't be governed. 
Satan is angry at you because you're under the government of the glory of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the dove, the increase of his peace of Christ's government. There shall be no end. It's the increase of the governing of the Spirit of God in your souls, in your senses, in your bones. He's governing your bones. He's governing your brains. He's governing your hearts. He's governing your spirit. And as he governs your spirit, you learn his government. As he governs your spirit, you learn his ways as king. Kings are the rulers of God's government. But if you're immature in understanding the ways of the Holy Spirit, because your spirit is not as intelligent as the Spirit of God, that means there's still, you're under an external government until the appointed time of maturity comes. The Father is trying to raise you out of earthly government into heavenly government by maturing your spirit. It doesn't mean that you're even smarter up in your brain, but you'll be smarter in your spirit. You know what smartness in the spirit is? It's a greater brightness. They say, oh, that one's a bright kid. He's a, he's a bright child. Your child is so bright. And it's a term that we use in society for intelligence. Intelligence is measured by brightness in the spirit, not in the brain, in the spirit, not in the flesh, in your spirit. Realizing the glory of Colossians 1.27, and we'll go there in a little bit. Realizing the glory is realizing the intelligence of the divine, of your invisible, immortal, indestructible spirit. This is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is realizing your invisible, immortal, indestructible person that was recreated when you asked Jesus Christ into your heart. If anyone is joined to the Lord, they're one spirit with him, it is written. To be one in spirit is to be as invisible and powerful as God himself. You've been joined to the Lord. You've been joined to Almighty God. The issue is he's not going to work through the mess of the soul and the brain and all of its worldliness and sinliness and demonic influence. And so we often appear weak and we say, when I'm weak, he is strong. Why is that? Because the soul and the brain are completely wrong about everything and are extremely worldly. They have to be sanctified so that the soul, the heart, and the mind have the same strength as the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the strength of God the Father. The strength of God is the Spirit shared with you in Christ, and it renews your heart and mind to be as rock solid as the Holy Ghost. You can't get any more rock solid than the Spirit of God. And what brings the heart and the mind into agreement is the constant washing of the water of the Word of God, renewing your mind to God's divine wine. Making everything fine. Looking in the audience, making your faces shine. <laughs> and that's what it says in Isaiah 60. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances. All the enemy does 
is bring circumstances. A circumstance is an external thing trying to hold down your inner man from displaying the overcoming, conquering power of the Spirit of God. The external is defeated by the internal since your spirit is joined to the Lord. But if your brain has not discovered your own spirit, you don't even have a possibility of overcoming circumstances because the overcoming of circumstances is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit in this hour. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. New life is spirit life. If you want to discover it where it is, it's as much as you're in tune to your spirit in your belly right now. Those that don't know their spirit, their innermost being out of your belly flow rivers, because you're a spirit being that releases rivers. The new creature is the releaser of rivers of the Holy Ghost. John 7:38. it is written. And then you can shine in the new life of your spirit. And then you can be radiant with the glory of the Lord. Only believe and you will see the glory. Faith is what keeps the spirit strong and releasing the glory bong. And it's a water bong. And they say, stop, to stop talking the ghosts I can barely see right now. Amen. You don't need to see. You need to be free. You've... You have rated your senses as something way too important, counting and valuing the flesh. The Bible says to value the flesh is the very definition of deception. To value the spirit is the beginning of revelation and wisdom, called the fear of the Lord, which means you're looking at the Lord. The Bible says the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from what? Flesh. Freedom from the flesh. Freedom from identifying with your ant body. It's an ant. It's crawling on the earth. Temple of ants. And God doesn't mind living in ant bodies. You say, I don't, I'm a human body. Don't matter. It's animal flesh. It's beasts in scripture. The glory of the animal is not much different than the glory of the human flesh. They're both mammal, flesh, ant. They might as well call them insectoids. Yes. Offspring of Machu Picchu. <laughs> With the elongated skulls. To tap into starlight ability and to fly around with insect wings. We're basically sacrificing our fly bodies. <laughs> well, I mean, how can Satan be Lord of the Flies? I mean, we say flies are demons, but the flies only reproduce in flesh, in manure, which is flesh, human flesh. It's Lord of the Flesh, is Lord of the Flies. 
So the Bible calls flesh fly. So when I say insectoid, it's not an exaggeration to shock you. It's biblical. It's totally biblical. It's living in the septic tank. And you know what grows in the septic tank? Maggots. Yep, maggots. The maggoty bread representing the teachings of the flesh. Well, thank God for the Holy Spirit, amen? That's why I will send another Savior, the Holy Ghost, and He will lead you to me on the inside. He's going to convince your brain that you're a spirit like the Holy Ghost. You know, you're born of the Holy Ghost, so you look, you realize you are, you look like the Holy Spirit. In the, in the fly dimension, in the Egyptian fly dimension, in the pyramid dimension of death and sin and dirt and mud, you look like your mom and dad. That's why you need to be saved. Just look at your mom and I need to be saved from you. <laughs> like, you know, Jesus came, dad, so I could be saved from you. And that's true. We get, might get offended, but you realize I'm going to soften my heart. As it is written, a little child shall lead them. Isaiah 11. Out of the mouths of children comes the truth. Or prophecy perfected praise. Amen. All salvation is from the flesh. That's why you gotta get born again. You gotta get out of the flesh. You got and then growing in salvation is growing in your out of your body, out of your flesh, out of your brain, out of your heart, out of your blood, spirit. Getting the brightness of your spirit, getting intelligent in your spirit. All the New Testament. Understand this now. All the Bible is for revelating your spirit to be more in charge than your brain. If the brain is in charge, you're worldly, you're lost. And everyone's lost who's not spiritual. Because the Bible says those that are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God because they're being fathered by God in their invisible spirit. There's a place of maturity you come by eating the word into your spirit. The word is spirit food. If you eat it into your flesh, well, eventually it might get deposited into your spirit. It happened for Saul, but a lot of them were utterly destroyed. The ones who couldn't deposit the food of the word into their spirit for their spirit to take over their flesh, they all died horrible deaths. They were crucified naked by Titus of Rome and sold into slavery. You know, it's called the diaspora. You realize the diaspora was the judgment from the rejection of Messiah. And if that happened to the covenant people, what will happen to the Gentiles that reject Messiah? The Bible says that in Hebrews. If the covenant people were rejected and brutally murdered by their oppressors, brutally, doesn't get any worse than getting crucified naked. And they, they hug them on crosses outside Jerusalem's gates. So you're looking at all of your, your family members getting tortured on poles, hanging there, as you know you're starving to death as Titus sacked Jerusalem. And that's how it went down. You realize you get hell on earth. That's called hell. Hell is right here on earth with heaven. You get heaven by developing your spirit. You get hell by living in the flesh. Flesh will mature in hell. 
That's why he's the father of flesh, because the faith in the flesh is faith in the demonic. Faith in the Holy Ghost is faith in the angelic. It's faith in heaven. We need to trust the Spirit of God for everything, and there's grace to grow. I mean, how many years they had? You realize they had 40 years. It was almost exactly 40 years that Jerusalem and Israel were given to believe in Jesus from the time he ascended to the time of Titus and Rome in the first century. About 40 years. You had a time of judgment, which was a time of opportunity to believe in Jesus and get out of the flesh and get out of the spirit. Amen. And there's that same 40 for every believer after you're born again, after Jesus appears to you after 40 years in the wilderness. It's the time allotted to you to get out of your soul into your spirit, which is to get set free. There is time and grace for freedom. But sometimes, oftentimes, if a person resists the spirit, grieves the spirit, quenches the spirit, what happens? They only have a certain amount of time and then it's just, well, it's too late. They die. That's what death is. Death is the destruction of the flesh, the destruction of the brain. The brain dies, the heart dies, the blood dies because you did not get into the spirit to conquer the flesh. Now, the overcoming of death will be the overcoming of the flesh while you're still in the body. This is our task, this is our mission. This generation is mandated by God the Father, authorized works. I hate dead works, we hate strange fire. We only do the works that are authorized from the throne of God. I don't go out and just do stuff. You need a scroll, okay? Works demand authorization, scrolls from the Father. If you have not received an angelic scroll, and you're doing stuff out of the scroll, out of the word, you're doing it outside of God the Father in your own ability, oftentimes in their own spirit. You can get into your own spirit. You can get into your own spiritualized soul and it's not God at all. You gotta get into serving the throne of the Father. This is radical righteousness. This is salvation, that we serve the Father and we don't serve people. We don't serve people. We serve God. You know what the greatest in the kingdom is? The servant of God the Father. Is it the servant of all? How many of y'all know when you serve the Father, you serve all? Because God is the creator of everything. If you're serving the Father, you are a servant of all. Servant of all is not going out there and just getting underneath everyone and helping everyone. No, no, no. You need to serve God. You need. You cannot serve God and people both. Galatians 1. And Jesus said, you love one, despise the other. When you serve the Father, you love everyone because God is love. So you get out of all your own ideas of service and ministry and doing works and you become priests of God. There's no priests of man to be a priest of man is to be a pagan. Jesus said they babble like pagans because they're the priests of men. They're the priests of demons. To be a priest of men, to be a priest of women, to have an earthly religion, even an earthly Christianity is to practice paganism. Earthly Christianity is as pagan as New Age. 
because it's just flesh. It's just earth. Now, if we get into the spirit and practice the kingdom of heaven, the difference is heaven and hell difference. Holy Ghost and Satan difference. The difference could not be more different. That's what true holiness is, is practicing heaven in your spirit while your body is surrounded by the realm of the dead. That's why you're a city on a hill. Why do you got to be a city of light? Because the world is full of darkness. In this world you have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I have raised up your spirit over the realm of the dead. Your body is not going to have the same experiences as sinners. Your body is going to have the experience of the resurrection outflowing of the Lamb of God through your flesh. There is a safety zone prepared for your bodies. He lays the sheep down in fresh, tender, green pasture. He restores your soul in Jerusalem of the glory realm. Jerusalem is the glory realm. Not Jerusalem where the Muslims and Jews are fighting over a temple of dirt. That ain't Jerusalem. That's Jerusalem below. We're into Jerusalem above. The new covenant is the Jerusalem without walls, the Jerusalem of the glory. Living in the glory is living in New Jerusalem. The promised land, the capital city of Israel, is simply the glory realm. Living in the glory is the promised land. Everything that you go through in this world is the enemy trying to stop you from understanding New Jerusalem city of peace is the glory. The light so strong that your senses are constantly conquered by the Holy Ghost and the world can't manipulate you, control you, speak through you, breathe through you, get you controlled by circumstances, get you into religion, get you into the flesh, get you into dead work, strange fire, doing junk, doing workers, Martha crap. It, it's Mary in the oil. It's a river of oil that flows from the head. It's not just the sacred nard. It's not just the opulent sacrifices, kingly gifts and offerings to the Lamb. There's some of that too, but it's living in a river of the opulence of the glory. There's nothing more opulent than the glory of God. The riches of glory, pure kingdom, kingly opulence. The bride, the bride of Christ is going to shine in the opulence of the glory. It's an elevation in you. There's an opulence of purity. There's an opulence of holiness. There's an ele elevation of the riches of glory that are opulent. It's just outrageously rich. Just say outrageously rich. Yeah, offend your poverty spirit a little bit. Deliver yourself. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, the second coming of Christ is the coming of the glory. The judgment of the days of Noah is the judgment of the glory. This is opulence. You are tasting the opulence of God, the great king. Now, it's a perfect purity. There's no sin. There's no greed in it. It will work on your heart. It will change your personality. It will impart into you wisdom that is pure. It'll impart into you the fear of the Lord that is clean. 
It'll clean you. You'll feel so clean, cleaner than a newborn baby. The, you'll feel as clean as the Holy Spirit himself. The glory gives your body the experience of the Holy Spirit. Imagine having the Holy Ghost for bones. You know, transfigured bones. Jesus Christ was transfigured. And the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, you will also be transfigured into the exact same celestial body as Jesus Christ. There's one of the 32,000 promises of God towards you in the Bible. You know what the transfigured bones that you are being changed into that Jesus already has? It's the bones of the Holy Ghost. It's Holy Spirit bones. So you have Holy Spirit spirits. Now what's next? Holy Spirit brains. Holy Spirit minds of the Holy Spirit, which is the mind of Christ. Rainbow glory minds. A mind that emanates the glory, the Shekinah, the freedom from religion, the freedom from the earth, the freedom from culture, the freedom from family pressure and family obligations and the pressures of bloodlines and the pressure of sorcery and the pressure of the realm of the dead and all the traditions of men, all those wickedness pressures of Satan and his angels. You're free in the mind of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sets free. The Holy Spirit is freedom. And freedom is a measurable substance in your brain. What does the Bible say? Romans 8, the brain controlled by the Holy Spirit is at peace, or it is in Jerusalem. The brain, the Holy Spirit brain. So you got Holy Spirit spirit, speaking tongues, is to have Holy Spirit brain. How many of y'all know tongues isn't enough to have a Holy Spirit brain, to have a clear brain? I pray in tongues and I pray in understanding, which means it requires an understanding. Your spirit's gonna have to get smarter than your brain to have a Holy Spirit brain. Amen. The intelligence of your spirit is what goes from glory to glory. Glory is brightness, degrees of brightness. It's literally smart to smarter. Amen. And a person that's clinging to their brain is revealing that they're not growing. They're not growing because they're not growing from smart to smarter. They're still dull. Jesus rebuked his disciples continuously for their dullness. Are you still so dull and slow to understand all that the prophets have said? Jesus Christ, it is written. Why? What is dullness? It's a lack of spiritual intelligence. It's not having wisdom. It's discernment of the brain. Discernment of the brain, Jesus Christ called dullness. It's also called unbelief. Judgment from the mind and the flesh is the judgment of the fallen angels towards the things of God. I think they've rejected God completely and entirely. Stop agreeing with the realm of the dead. Agree with the word of God and your brain gets washed in the water of the word and your brain gets clearer and clearer as you come out of Satan. The 40 years in the wilderness, or however long it takes to get your brain fully renewed for a Holy Spirit brain, is simply disagreeing with all the lies of the flesh. You're going to have to disagree with all the education system. You're going to have to disagree with all earthly Christianity, all earthly interpretation of the Bible. You're going to have to disagree with your family entirely and completely. The Bible says no one can serve God if they serve their family. You're going to have to disagree with all the realm of the natural and agree with all the realm of the glory. 
And then guess what? The natural realm begins to follow you. You became a leader, which is a priest. What's a priest? Someone who's spirit-led, that serves God, who is a spirit. That's all a priest is. It's not complicated. You get into wisdom, and there's a lot of revelation in there. But you gain the wisdom and revelation by simply staying in the spirit. If I'm in the river, stuff is going to pass through me all the time. Daniel 7, when he's by the river, he saw visions that pass through his mind that startled him. And the Bible says all he had to do is be in the water, and he saw visions. All you had to do is be in the river, be in the spirit, and wisdom and revelation will flow through you like a river. Growing in Christ requires the brain to be under living water. If the brain is in the dry place, you can't grow in Christ. You're growing apart from Christ. You're growing in bewitchment, having begun in the spirit or begun in the water, trying to finish in the sand or in the dry place. What's in the dry place? No revelation. You notice the difference between living water Christians and dry place Christians? Ones have tons of revelation, the others don't have any. It's totally dry surface level interpretation of the Bible. It becomes total legalism. It's legalism. Legalism is a fruit of Egypt or dryness. If you're dry, you come up with your own interpretation of the Bible that keeps you dead and locked in the realm of the natural. That's really your arch nemesis, is religion. And few have ever overcome it. Few. Because the spirituality of Jesus Christ is contrary to human DNA. It opposes human DNA. The spirit devours human DNA as an animal. It calls it an animal. It treats it like an animal. It's not nice to it. It kills it. It destroys it utterly. I will destroy the intelligence of the intelligence, says the Lord. It is mean killing machine toward the brain and the worldly philosophy. The spirit means war. Spiritual warfare is spiritual intelligence fighting carnal intelligence. That's all you wrestle in the garden. The knowledge of the spirit versus the knowledge of the brain. Two trees in the garden, spirit and flesh. Who's going to win? The prophets only help spiritual intelligence and tear down and destroy the other house. Half of the prophetic assignment is to destroy that house, which is the destruction of carnal intelligence. That's why they do crazy antics all over the Bible, because it offends and destroys fleshly intelligence. It reveals the devil in their brains. Stephen with the glowing face brought spiritual revelation, confronted carnal religion, and he brought Satan to the surface in the earthly Sanhedrin. You know what the earthly Sanhedrin is? Satanic government. You also call it deep state or Illuminati. That's what earthly Sanhedrin is, and it's all based on Jewish religion, the Jewish law, Kabbalah, legalism, religion, the Star of David and the Freemason checkerboard. Truth in And so the only opposition to that entire world system of one third of the angels that fell, that trained sorcerers in every nation, which is your upper class, that keep you manipulated all the time and deceived all the time through lies, and they boast about it, using a slave race, they enslave the human race through lies and fallen angel power and fallen angel second heaven's authority. And it's the authority of the law of sin and death. And it works. 
Unless you're in the Law of Liberty in Christ Jesus, you're automatically under the warlock if you like it or not. Too bad. They'll incarcerate you. They'll destroy your business, do anything they can against you. Unless you're free, and him who the sun sets free is free indeed from the sorcerer of Babylon, which is the lawyer of earthly governments. Truth anyhow. Let's make it practical. This isn't just Christianity, separation of church and state. This is the church of God in Christ conquering every state of being and conquering the realm of the natural. I mean, that's what Jesus brought. He brought a kingdom that advances and conquers Rome. All the apostles directed their conquering towards the emperor. Hello? You study the book of Acts? Each apostle, every single one of them, directed their conquering spirit, their angelic armies. They came with armies. Where were they directed? Towards the jugular of the devil in the throne of Rome. So it is today. If you are not directing your spirituality towards the jugular of the devil in your city, in your county, in your state, in your nation, you're irrelevant. You're not advancing the kingdom. You've been secluded. Jezebel's one. You're just living in a cave, isolated. Oh, wow. I just want some property down in Belize. You just get me off the grid. I'll just live off of solar power. Well, you're not doing anything to advance the kingdom. You need to face the devil. You need to get into the city. You need to get in, involved, and face the oppression of the human race. You know, being an intercessor, oftentimes, is just being a coward. You just sit apart, oh, there's no confrontation. You need to aggressively confront this stuff. Read the book of Acts. They confronted everyone that was wrong. Paul confronted demons, Paul confronted governors, Paul confronted every single person everywhere he went. My righteous ones are as bold as a lion, it is written. A lion don't care who you are, where you come from. A lion is an aggressive beast that confronts everything. It's the reason why it calls it the king of the jungle, because it attacks ferociously everything in the jungle. And you have that nature of the Holy Ghost. It's called the territorial spirit. There's a principality and a government of the Holy Ghost. God really believes that he is God. And God put himself in you. And if you can agree with God, he'll make you as bold as a lion to devour everything. Even in your youth, like David, it's not about having 10 years in the glory. I enjoy the zeal of just being 10 days in the glory and you confronting all the dumb crap around you that's deceived you your whole life. It's good to get a righteous indignation that you've been lied to in every direction about everything and the glory is the only truth and hardly anyone's telling you about it because everyone's lying to you. And you get a zeal for destroying lies, which is destroying the works of the devil. Jesus Christ was anointed by God. The Bible says the Son of God is manifest to destroy the works of the devil. If you're not destroying lies, if you're not speaking out against lies, destroying them in your families, destroying all around, you're not doing anything with God. Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth that attacks lies and liars. Violently, viciously. You know, kindness is an attack towards meanness. It's not just being aggressive, it's being in the glory confronting darkness, it's light and darkness. Deliciousness, the kindness and the sweetness of the Lamb of God is a direct attack towards sourness and meanness in a human brain. You can get so delicious you destroy Satan and everyone's brain around you so that everyone's sweet in their mind. What is harvest? 
it brings stuff to a place where it's delicious. Harvest means that it's now edible. You couldn't eat it before. It's now you can eat it and enjoy it, which means the souls have to become sweet in order to be edible, which is harvestable. Hello? If you don't enjoy their presence, they're not ready for harvest. If they're miserable, disgusting people, they're not harvestable. They have to become delicious, wonderful. Their presence is a joy, a joyful presence, because that is what a wheat harvest is. A harvest brings in good fruit. If there's bad fruit, there's no harvest. Harvest is a farming term for when you can eat the stuff you've been growing and it's delicious. It's when they're delicious, they're harvestable. If they're sour, if they're negative, if they're horrible, the harvest is not ripe. Ripe, what, what ripe is the term? Oh, is the fruit ripe? Is the soul ripe? Means is it edible yet? And will it bring joy to the soul when you talk to them? When you're around them, are they absolutely enthralling with peace and joy? That's when the harvest is ripe. When you go out of your house and everywhere you go, everyone is so sweet to you that they're delicious or kind and loving, that's when the harvest is ready to be harvested. Amen. And there's a lot of that out there. You go around there and there's sweet, wonderful, delicious souls everywhere. And mostly they're not religious. A lot of times they're not ready to receive revelation, but they're still sweet and wonderful to be around. Why? Because the glory of the manifesting sons is ripening their souls. There's a ripening for the spirit to receive revelation. Do not awaken love until the appointed time, Song of Solomon says, which means their spirit can't receive deep teaching. They won't agree with it. But at least there's a sweetening there. There's a ripening there. To be white for harvest, to have a head white for harvest, it's a gradual process. Jesus equated it to a brooding mother hen. You brood over eggs a long time before they hatch. And the eggs of human flesh take the longest because we're the most stubborn people with all of our human intelligence. You just brood. You're brooding over human intelligence. You're brooding over the serpent mind, the reptilian brain that opposes the gospel. You brood over every brain until every brain is delicious, until there's nothing in them that opposes you anymore because to be in the spirit is to be in the brooding mother hen. As it is written, love covers a multitude of sins. What's love? God is love. The Spirit's love. The tabernacle of David is being in the Holy Spirit. You're, you're tabernacled over your city. Even if you don't know it, if you're in the Spirit, you're brooding. Now illuminate your mind to the Spirit's ability. Get out of your ability. You become greater intercessors, apostolic intercessors, mountaintop intercessors. Where your spirit is doing a work equivalent to the ability of him who you are joined to, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God doesn't have any human limitations. The Spirit of God is omnipresent, omniscient, all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing, in the past, in the present, in the future, superseding time, superseding space, and you are one with that person the Bible teaches. So the human limitations is the deception of the deceiver. So all of our stuff of our eyes on ourself is what's getting burned away as we grow in union with the Holy Ghost. 
How do you have greater ability in the Spirit? A greater friendship with the Spirit of God. He wants to be a friend inside your heart, in your feelings. He wants to be a friend inside your mind, in your thoughts. Your thoughts befriend the Lord. Your feelings can befriend the Lord. Okay, fire insurance being born again happens here in spirit, which is in your bellies. Yep. Now, the progress of growing in a relationship with God is befriending Him here in your heart and befriending Him here in your mind. The grace of the Lord Jesus in your spirit has to conquer your heart and mind. So when your hearts and minds are friends with the Lord, now you walk with Him consciously. Now you're walking in the spirit with vision of your spirit in the body, in the temple. If the temple is not aware of the Holy Spirit, it's because the heart and the mind have not befriended Him. You understand, becoming a friend of the Lord is the highest calling in life. It's called walking in the glory. Walking in the glory only happens if your heart is a friend with the glory and your brain is a friend of the glory. Find a brain in friendship with the spirit of glory, you find a son of God. Find a heart whose feelings and emotions are in friendship with the glory. You have found someone who's a disciple of the living God. Amen. So you just befriend him, walk with him, have experiences with him. And when you're off, you humble yourself. And you'll be off all the time until you're a better friend with him. And you don't want to hurt your friend's feelings. That's what friends are. Friends means that you care about their feelings. You care what they think. You care about their emotions. You consider their thoughts. How is this going to affect my friend? And we are becoming better friends with the Holy Ghost. And don't worry, he's, he's not fragile. The white dove is the purity and the peacemaker, but he's here as a man of light. He's, I mean, he's rock solid. He's genius. The intelligence of the Spirit is beyond comprehension. He understands your weaknesses. There's nothing you could say to him that he won't already know. You'll never have to explain anything to him. You're talking about genius on a level that's not comprehensible. I remember when I was much less friends with the Holy Spirit. You know, we think that he doesn't understand or that he doesn't know. And you're just like explaining stuff to the spirit of why you need this, why you need that, why, why this needs to happen and all this stuff. And you just, your brain is so dull that it's like, really, I'm explaining stuff to God who's omniscient. But he's humble too. Just because he's all-knowing doesn't mean he's offended when you're explaining. It's like listening to little kids. You already know everything that they're talking about, but it's the enjoyment of hearing them talk. And that's how God the Father is towards us. He knows everything you're about to say. He knows all the depths of your heart and your experiences inside and out. But He enjoys the conversation. He, he enjoys the friendship with children. The kingdom of heaven belongs to children that are talking with their Father. And you're just maturing with your Father. And listen, when you begin to awaken to his intelligence, you also become more humble to go into him to grow. And that's what you'll spend eternity doing. Going into the Father and sharing in his thought life. You know, sharing in the Father's thought life is the development of your spirit. 
Your spirit is your thought life. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So your thoughts are the intentions and the path of your life. So what is it to be transformed of soul? It's to have your thoughts in friendship with the Spirit. My thoughts are now your thoughts. That's the highest walk you can ever have on earth, is having His thoughts as your thoughts in your heart. And then it really exposes the influence of the enemy, because you know the Spirit's not thinking that stuff. He's never envious. He's never unloving. He's never jealous. He's never at strife. There's no competition with him. He's always considering others more highly than himself. He's always building up. And he is always tearing down the old Adamic cursed part of us too. The building up is the also the tearing down. It's a two-edged sword. It isn't all just kumbaya, just building up and fluff, fluff, fluff. There's a lot of demolition. The Bible calls it dunamis, C4 dynamite, of the power of the Spirit working in you that's greater than anything you can do in your brain. But it's explosive energy, and it's in combat, in battle, towards the stuff in the soul. So becoming a friend with the Holy Spirit is like becoming a friend with an explosive personality, a jealous consuming fire, a pyromaniac, a bomber. Yeah. It's like having an intimate re relationship with dynamite sticks and they're greasy. And, and they're being transported and it might just blow up but it blows up with glory it doesn't blow up in anger it doesn't the Holy Spirit's not blowing up with frustration and seriousness and anger that's the demons reacting to the Spirit just laughing when you become friends with the Holy Ghost you'll be laughing and they'll be exploding around you in sin I watch that every day they don't want you to have a befriended thought life with the Lord, because that's perfection. Perfection is having your thought life in unison with the thoughts of the Holy Ghost. He's always thinking stuff too. But his thoughts are infused with light. When the Spirit thinks something, it comes forth, and you begin to voice it, that's what the prophetic is. That you're voicing the thought life of the Holy Ghost. You know, the purest form of prophecy is simply speaking with the Spirit's thinking. Amen. A transformed soul is always speaking what the Holy Spirit is thinking. To be a friend with God is to be the voice of God Himself. The voice of the wilderness. Why is the prophetic, the spirit of Elijah, the voice of the wilderness? To get people into friendship with the thought life of the promised land. Because it has to be voiced where you're at, which is in the flesh, in the soul, in you. And as you hear the word, it changes your soul, it changes your heart to consider God's ways to consider God's thoughts, to consider that there is a different dimension for your existence to live in than what you've ever had already. There's a greater glory. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. It's different dwelling places of different measurements of peace, of love, of joy, of prosperity, of peace, of love and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
the righteousness of the kingdom of heaven is shared with you as you consider the Holy Ghost. They say, well, I got to pray about it. You need, you need to pray about it. Praying about it is considering what the Holy Spirit thinks about it. Sometimes we're so caught up in the world that it's not a constant, instantaneous thing out of union, which means you need to step back and get still and consider what the Spirit of God thinks about things. You know what transformation is? Changing your thoughts to what the Spirit thinks, and the Spirit has an opinion about everything. You'll never find a more opinionated man than the Holy Spirit. The difference is the Holy Spirit's God, and He's absolutely right. And He is the law of liberty in Christ Jesus. And if you agree with your God, the Holy Ghost, you get set free from Satan with each agreement you have in the Lord. The spirit of truth means a greater truth or agreement with the thought, life, and opinion of the Holy Ghost is now shared with your heart. That's how you go from glory to glory. I don't agree with what my dad taught me in my household anymore about anything and it frustrated him for 10 years then he realized the Holy Ghost is right and man's wrong and they got they get humbled that's what salvation is it's a humbling out of man it's a humbling out of woman into the Holy Ghost let's go over to John 14 I want to show you this some of you say it's like really all about the Holy Ghost what about Jesus um the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Jesus. The Trinity can't be separated, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is Jesus with us. Yes. Truth anyhow. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in, adhere to, and trust, and rely on God. Believe in, adhere to, trust, and rely on also on me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, homes. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I'm going away to prepare a place for you, a promised land dwelling place of glory for your souls to live in. He prepared heaven on earth for you. That's what he's doing here. Not when you die, right now when you fly. And when if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself. Come back again, take you. So his spirit's coming to take you to himself. I love the Holy Ghost. That where I am, you may be also. And to the place where I am going, you know the way. The Spirit is the way. What's the way of the Lord? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father or comes to the glory. The Father is the glory. No one comes to the glory of the Father except through me. If you had known me and learned to recognize me, you would have also known my Father. From now on you will know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. Cause us to see the Father. That is all we ask, then we shall be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all for so long a time that you do not recognize and know me yet, Philip? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the glory of God. How can you say then, show us the Father? 
Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? What I am telling you, I do not say on my own authority and of my own accord, but the Father who lives continually in me does his works, his own miracles, deeds of power. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the very works themselves. If you cannot trust me, at least let these works that I do in my Father's name convince you, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these, because I go to the Father, and I will do, I myself will grant whatever you ask in my name, as presenting all that I am, so that the Father may be glorified and extolled in and through the Son. Yes, I will grant, I myself will do for you whatever you shall ask in my name, as presenting all that I am. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby, and he may remain with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. <laughs> <laughs> whom the world cannot receive what's the world Jesus spoke of the world as being a person that can't receive it's the soul content in the earthly it's the soul content with knowledge can't receive the Holy Ghost simple as that you gotta get the earth and the earth's knowledge out of your soul in order to receive the spirit of truth the world cannot receive or welcome or take it to heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and he will be in you say the spirit of truth is in me, the spirit of truth is in me. that's true that's what Jesus said right here. He lives with you constantly, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. So to not have the Holy Spirit is to be an orphan. If a person is not feeling loved, they don't yet know the Spirit at all. You need a personal relationship with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, otherwise, you are left as an orphan without the Spirit of God. I will not leave you as orphans. I will give you my spirit. You're not going to be comfortless, desolate, bereaved, formless, helpless. I will come back to you with my Holy Spirit in just a little while now and the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. You're going to live also. You're going to live in the spirit. The spirit is our life. The spirit is the life of the inner man of Jesus. You have the same life as Christ. Amen. At that time, when that day comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father. At what time? At the time that you receive the Spirit. That's the time that you know that He's in the Father. That's the time that you enter the glory. And you are in me by my Spirit, and I am in you by my Spirit. 
spirit. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. See, it's the seal of the word. The seal of God the King is his word of you in the spirit. The word seals you in the spirit. It's the seal of staying in the Holy Ghost. You understand the word is what keeps you in the Holy Ghost. If you're not in the word, you're not sealed in the spirit. You get into, if people don't know the word, it gets really wishy-washy. They get into their own opinions. The enemy can really influence your mind into strange doctrines. And they call us strange, but they're wrong. This is, I mean, everything I teach you at Joel's Bar is taught of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you get, people have a problem with it because they don't know the Holy Spirit. If you know the Holy Spirit, people that know the Holy Spirit come in here, they're like, yep, 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 dream, 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 vision, 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 confirmed a thousand times in the prophetic last ten years. Why? Because it's the same teaching of the same Holy Spirit. But people that don't know the Spirit well often question everything He's teaching because they're full of the orphan teachings. An orphan teaching is the teachings of the earthly, the teachings of religion. All of that is burning off of you so you can know him fully as he's in you by his spirit. You can't have those teachings in you. You can't have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in you and the tree of life. You can't have salt water and fresh water both in you, Revelation says. You're going to have only fresh living water. Or maybe just salt water because we're the salt of the earth. Whatever. Amen. You're going to have wisdom to understand everything and interpret it the same way the Spirit of God does. You're going to have the intelligence of the Holy Ghost and not the dullness of the unbelieving devil. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. You know, you only keep his commands by the Spirit. And the Spirit believes the Word. That's why it's easy and light. If you've yielded your soul to the Spirit, the mind, the brain, controlled by the Spirit, peace of God, obey, obeying Jesus is fun. It becomes the very life of your existence as a Spirit being. But if the brain is not conquered and yielded to the Holy Ghost, just forget it. You can't get obedience out of stubborn goats. You can't pastor cats. They never come to Joel's bar. You have to force them certain cats. You have to force them. You have to brood over them. You have to change their rebellious ways. Whatever. Parables. Cat parables. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. So first and foremost, understand loving Jesus is befriending the Holy Ghost with your thoughts. And then the stuff that God says to you is so empowered by the Spirit in you, it becomes an exhilarating adventure instead of, oh, I have to, 
I have to tithe? There's no have-tos in the kingdom, you're still under the law. You need a friendship with the Holy Ghost. You need the get-tos. You need the empowerment of the Spirit. Tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the Spirit on high. In other words, until your thought life is saved, just forget it. You need a friendship with the Holy Ghost. Once you're friends with the Holy Ghost, everything in, in the Word is fun to do. It's fun to obey. It's fun to do the works of God that God has commanded you to do. You know, he commands. What's a commandment? It's the word of God. Where does the commandment go? He will write them on our hearts, Hebrews says. The commandment goes into the spiritual relationship, and it can only be obeyed to the measure you're friends with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the energy the waiting upon the Lord until you receive power from on high, it's the power for obedience. So what you people need more is a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit and then the obedience that brings forth God the Father's glory will just come effortlessly out of the overflow of your friendship with the Holy Spirit. Now this is something the Holy Ghost is wanting you guys to understand now. When I was in Teen Challenge and I just came into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God said to me, when you read Psalms, replace it with the Holy Spirit. Every time it says Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, the Spirit is the Lord. We go from glory to glory by the Spirit who is the Lord. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the Lord. When you read the name Lord in the Bible, it's the Holy Ghost. Lord is mentioned like a thousand times in the Psalms. So when you start reading the Psalms out loud, try it, and you fill in Holy Spirit every time it says Lord, you will start to buzz with electricity. You start to feel power surging through you. You need to baptize yourself in the Holy Spirit. Why? By knowing the Word in the Spirit. And that's what will totally burn up all the cobwebs between the ears, the rebellion, the lust, the pride, the religion, the stubbornness, the witchcraft, the working of the devil, the demonic DNA. All that stuff burns under the judgment of the Spirit and the Word. That's why people don't read their Bibles, because they're in love with sin. The evidence that you're divorced from sin is the reading of the Word, because the Word terminates sinful thought life that you love the thoughts of the Holy Spirit more than demonic influence, and you only stay consistent by the reading of the Word, the studying of the Word to show yourself approved. What's it mean to be approved? The person that loves the Spirit's thoughts. Remember, the, the inspiration of the Bible was the thought life of the Spirit in the prophets, and men and women who are inspired by the Spirit wrote the thoughts of God down on paper, and that's what the Bible is. If you love God, you'll love his thoughts, which means you'll have a deep love for the word. People that don't love the word don't love God yet. Some people like the word just to control others. God's dealing with them as well. But you need the spirit and you need the word. You got to have them both. You can't grow in Christ. First John says we have three on earth, the word, the spirit, and the blood. You can't even grow without the word. All the apostolic ministry of the book of Acts was, was the studying of the word for a ministry. They prayed and studied the word because if you're not ministering the word from the Father, the word full of grace, the word full of the Holy Spirit's inspiration, the prophetic word, the gospel, the living word, you're not building up the human spirit. You're not saving anyone. Salvation is the inspired word, the gospel with the word 
full of the thought life and the animation of the spirit in it. This is what makes it relevant. This is what makes it live because the spirit who is fully God is thinking this right now. And so it tunes in or tunes out the ones that like God on earth, the ones that like the thought life of the Holy Ghost. So they listen to his words because they're friends of God. They're friends of the spirit and the spirit's always thinking his thoughts. And if you like him, you tune in and you listen. If you don't, you tune out and you get into rebellion. This earth is a testing ground to see which kingdom you like. Satan or the Holy Ghost. And they're both completely in fullness on the earth already. So we're turning our hearts and our minds and our senses towards the Holy Ghost. We really like him. He is awesome. I love your thought life, Holy Ghost. Everything the Spirit of God thinks is glory, it's wonder, it's joy, it's peace. Just going, you know, you need to get lost. You know what a rapture is? You know what ecstasy, trance, rapture? It's getting lost in the Spirit. It's being so caught up in the thought life of the Spirit of Jesus that you're not even in the earth at all. You're in the heavens with your soul, with your emotions, with your mind, with your vision. You get so enraptured in the thought life of the Lord, falling in love with the Lord. When you begin to feel His thoughts, see His thoughts, drink His thoughts, you get caught up into heaven all the time. He wants you to fall in love with Him. He's the desire of the nations, guys. Amen. If you don't like the Spirit, you'll never like Jesus. That's the test during this time. Jesus not physically being here. You got all these people that claim Jesus. Well, how do you how do you treat His Spirit? How do you treat the prophets of His Spirit? Pretty terribly. Pretty awful. It's been pretty ugly. And we ain't bitter about it because we're friends with the Spirit. We're just freaking raptured. <laughs> and we're going to stay raptured despite total hostility towards our message. It hasn't been received. It's been almost entirely rejected. You understand that? This hasn't been received by the church or by Christians or by believers. A, a fringe few amount that have repet repented of charismatic Christianity to go into deeper and higher and more mature things of sonship, they've embraced it. They know we're right. The vast majority has completely rejected it, and they've chosen church. They've cho chosen traditions of Pentecostalism inside buildings made by human hands. I'm telling you guys, the new thing God's doing is going to be a completely unchurched people. In order to, to cooperate with the Spirit and befriend the thought life of the Holy Spirit in this age is the complete forsaking of the building systems of the church age. You're going to have to walk with Him like in His first coming outside the four walls of the synagogue. You're going to have to walk with Him from city to city in the river. You're going to have to learn how to flow in the river. You're going to learn how to flow with the Holy Ghost outside of religion. Yeah. Completely. It's the funnest thing anyway. That's what satisfies your soul, pleasures your soul. That's the pleasure of his right hand. What's his right hand? Where the river's released. If you're not satisfied on the river of life on earth, you don't like Jesus yet. So we need to demonstrate the rivers to make people fall in love with Jesus. When people jump in the river, it's evidence that they like him. 
they like his ways. They, they have judged God righteous. People tune in and they judge God unrighteous. They, everyone's judging God constantly. We need to come to a place where we judge accurately God as good. We judge you as good. We judge you as kind. We judge you as delicious. I judge your thoughts and opinions towards politics as always right. I don't care if it disagrees with my conservative Republican Christian brothers in America. Because, you know, they have this similar belief systems, but we are loyal to the oil. We are loyal to the Holy Spirit. We forsake the Republican Party in the heartbeat. We're not loyal to the Republican Party. We're not loyal to earthly politics. I mean, it's nonsense. It's elementary. The Spirit of God is constantly superseding the natural. He will test you in these things to see where your loyalty is. Are you more loyal to your spouse than the Holy Spirit? That's a big one. Are you more loyal to your family and your friends than God? Ask Job. It'll cost you your soul. It'll cost you your destiny. You must be best friends with the first love of the Holy Ghost. Until the Holy Spirit's your first love, your whole life is a mess. And the only thing that's going to clean it up is befriending the Spirit of God in your thought life. The Word of God sent forth to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, which is for friendship. He sends forth His sword from Eden to remove everything in the garden that bears bad fruit so that He can fit the Garden of Eden in your soul so you can live in heaven with Him and walk with the Father in the coolness of the day. Amen. He sends forth the plowmen. The Bible says He'll beat their swords into plowshares. That means they'll be working in the hearts. We're not working in the heads, we're working in the hearts. We're plowing men and women's hearts to make room for the glory. To make room for the Garden of Eden's glory. For God to live in us with all of His light, all of His love, all of His thoughts. So everything out of our mouth is God. Every word, every time we open our mouth, we're talking about the things of God. Revelation pouring out like rain. Revelation pouring out like oil and fire and wine. Revelation pouring out, wisdom pouring out. It's true sonship. What is sonship? Just having the Spirit of God completely formed on the inside of your bodies right now. Amen. And you don't need to be 40 years old. Start when you're 14. Like King David at 12. King David at 12 years old knew all he needed was the anointing. And he remembered he had it. I'm going to take down a giant because the anointing is greater than Satan. Satan's out there taunting us, lying about us, distracting us, doing all this terrible stuff. I have the anointing. You have the anointing. You are children of the anointed one. The anointed one birthed you. The anointed one reared you. The anointed one has lifted you up in his ways and his thoughts. Now use that anointing to destroy all the works of the devil. Amen. Colossians 1-2 to the saints. Say, that's me. That's you. What's a saint? Consecrated people of God, believing faithful brethren in Christ who are in whatever your nation is, whatever your city is, in the earth. Grace, spiritual favor, blessing to you and heart peace from God our Father. We continually give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah as we are praying for you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Oh, man. I'm praying for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, the leaning of your entire human personality on Him, and absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom and goodness, and the love which you have and show for all the saints, God's consecrated ones. Because of the hope of the experiencing of what is laid up and reserved and waiting for you in heaven, to say in heaven, it's laid up and waiting for you in heaven. Your spirit, your soul are going up inside your body. Deep prior to you, what you do, this is how you get what's laid up for you in heaven. Zero mental ascension. Turn the brain off. It's no, sorry, it's not laid up for you. You reptilian brain, you. It's laid up for my spirit and soul. And then I'm going to pour it down on all flesh. Like Jesus did in the Bible. I'm going to pour it through my brain. And my brain just gets crucified. It's the place of the skull. It's the Golgotha. It's the Calvary of man. You have a Calvary. You have a Golgotha. You have a sacrifice. It's your head. Your spirit and your soul outpour upon your own head. He anoints my head with fresh oil because I'm in the anointed one's throne room. Amen. Goodness and the love which you have and show because of the hope of experiencing what is laid up and served and waiting for you in heaven. When you're raptured, you're always eating what's laid up and served you in heaven. I mean, you're always out of your brain. There's a level of maturity where you're always raptured. The motto of RLM has always been live a lifestyle of rapture, which is learn to live in the heavens seated with Christ in the heavenly places, but then eating and drinking with God in heaven in your spirit and soul, and then pouring it out through your own brain every day. This is how you get transformed by the renewing of your mind by outpouring of your spirit and soul in heaven. Amen. That's what we're going to grow up into. Crucifying our brains with our glorified souls. Eating what is reserved and waiting for us in heaven into our souls. Of this hope you heard in the past in the message of the truth of the gospel. So the hope of the message of the gospel is that you would live in heaven and outpour on earth while you're in the body. Your body, your spirit and soul have the ability to be in heaven, constantly receiving from God, and constantly outpouring through these bodies on earth. Simultaneously, that's what Jesus loved. That's maturity. All the time, on earth as it is in heaven, fully in heaven, fully in earth, fully God, fully man, all the time. Which has come to you indeed in the whole world, that gospel is bearing fruit and is still growing by its own inherent power, even it has done among yourselves ever since the day you first heard and came to know and understand the grace of God in truth. You came to know the grace or undeserved favor of God in reality, deeply, clearly, thoroughly, becoming accurate, intimate, acquainted with it. You so learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ in our stead and as our representative in yours. Also, he has informed us of your love in the Holy Spirit. They're befriending the Holy Spirit with their thoughts. 
This is the colossal glory. For this reason, we also, from the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Wisdom. What is wisdom? Comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Amen. That you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Pleasing the Holy Spirit. Worthy of the Holy Spirit. Desiring to please Him in all things. Bearing fruit, fruit of the Spirit in every good work, fruitfulness, deliciousness, joyfulness in all works, and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. We pray that you may be invigorated. Just say invigorated. Invigorated! Strengthened with all power, according to the might of His glory, to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance, forbearance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people, in the light, in the glory, in the Shekinah. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have our redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. Now, he is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. Listen, you also are becoming the visible representation of the invisible God. You're making God seen. Your job is to fully become clear so all people see is the glory of the Lamb of God shining out of you. And then you get inheritance. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you and nations shall stream into your brightness. Your brightness of the rising of Christ in your hearts is your harvest that sweetens their souls and makes them delicious and edible for harvest. He is the exact likeness of the unseen God. The visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. For it was in him that all things were created in heaven, on earth, things seen, things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created and exist through him by his service, intervention, and in and before him. And he himself existed before all things, and in him all things consist, cohere, are held together. Here we come in the glue of creation. You're holding everything together. The bride has it together. She does. When you're in the Holy Ghost, you got it. 
I've got it. You got it. Amen. When you've befriended the Spirit of God, you are holding everything together in the whole world. Easily. He also is the head of his body, the church, seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that he alone, in everything and in every respect, might occupy the chief place, stand first, and be preeminent. For it has pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in him permanently. And God purposed and through that through by the service, the intervention of him, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as through him the Father made peace by means of the blood of his cross. And although you at one time were estranged and alienated from him, and were of hostile attitude of mind in your wicked activities, yet now has Christ the Messiah reconciled you to God in the body of his flesh through death in order to present you holy, faultless, ir irreproachable in his, the Father's presence, and this he will do, provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ, provided that you stay in friendship with the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Christ. So none of this works unless you're in friendship in Christ. Friendship in the Spirit. Provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ, well-grounded, settled, steadfast, not shifting, moving away from the hope which rests on and is inspired by the glad tidings of the gospel, which you heard and which has been preached as being designed for and offered without restrictions to every person under heaven, and of which gospel I, Paul, became a minister. Even now I rejoice in the midst of my sufferings on your behalf, and in my own person I am making up for whatever is still lacking and remains to be completed on our part of Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. In it I became a minister in accordance with the divine stewardship which was entrusted to me for you as its object and for your benefit to make the word of God fully known among you to make the word of God fully known in your souls the mystery of the word of God fully known among you was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men but is now revealed to his holy people the saints to whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery what mystery Christ within and among you the hope of realizing the glory which is the word consuming the inner man him we preach and proclaim warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God that we may present every person mature. What is mature? Only the Word of God and the Spirit of God left inside that body. Hollowed out, made holy, holyed out. And the Word of God fully forming and working in you with power and an outflowing radiance of authority in rulership of all the natural realm. Amen. 
Him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God that we may present every person mature. Mature, full grown, fully initiated, complete and perfect in Christ, the anointed one. How do we do it? How do we minister? Verse 29, Colossians 1, Colossal Glory. For this I labor unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy. Just say superhuman energy. That's how you do it. In your spirit, fully enkindled, working within you. Superhuman energy of the Word of God, which Jesus mightily enkindles and works within you. Jesus is enkindling a super mighty energy in you. It's going to be a personal outpouring of God's glory through your souls. That's going to just blast the demons out of your natural realm and natural man and raise you up into a promised land of heavenly Jerusalem. There will be the fullness of God's glory on the inside and the fullness of God's glory on the outside. Heaven on earth is here to stay in Jesus' mighty name. Amen! (laughs) Glory. Bless you guys. We'll see you Tuesday. If you'd like to give an offering into this ministry, click the links in the description. We bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you later. Glory.